Welcome back to the Tape Deck. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. My name is Rob Mora, and with me today are several cats and Dan Ray. Uh, hello, Dan. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, we are uh, we are in Green Lake right now. Um, Dan is the CEO and founder of a local music journalism website called Dan's Tunes Seattle, covering the local music scene from all angles. That's the, the slogan, right? Yes. Cool. Nice. Thank you so much for being on. Have you been listening to anything cool lately? Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah? Um, let's see. I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I tried to prepare, and I still, <laughs> still could. <laughs> it's a little hard. Because there's so many bands here. Yeah. Um, You've been listening to mostly local stuff, right? Yeah, I listen to mostly local stuff. I mean, I, I listen to my top 40, too, to, you know, stay hip and current with the kids. With the kids. With the kids. Yeah. <laughs> People don't say lit anymore, do they? Mm, well, actually, I'm reading Catch-22 right now, <sighs> and they used lit in that. Really? And I was like, 1960s, yeah, you guys <laughs> know what's up. We've come full circle. <laughs> we've come full circle. Oh, my God. So retro. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe... Maybe we are still saying lit. I'm not sure. Maybe. It's possible. The kids <laughs> yeah. will find something else to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Well, in terms of what I've been listening to, the Black Tones are coming out with an album. The Black Tones? I haven't heard of them. They are really super good. Okay. They're like rock and roll, punk rock. They're like, their music is probably rock and roll, but their aesthetic is like punk rock and just like stick it to the man. Cool. And it's it's really awesome. They're um, a brother and sister twin duo and they have some other band members too, but they're like the core. Um, and they're they're really awesome. And it's their debut album. It's called uh, Cor- either Cobain, Cobain and Cornbread or Cornbread and Cobain. <laughs> it's, That's yeah. a really great album it's, title. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. They're awesome. I interviewed them when they played Capitol Hill Block Party. And nice. Was that was last year? Yeah, um, yeah that was tw- oh, it yeah, has to 2018. Be. Yeah, it yeah last summer. summer. Okay. Yeah, Lovely. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's fantastic. So yeah. you, you have been, you're essentially like an advocate for the Seattle music scene, which I mean, first of all, thank you. Really appreciate it. Like this, this specific scene, as I'm assuming most, most big uh, cities in America are, have their own specific scenes with hundreds and hundreds, thousands of bands, you know, that yeah. there's so much good music out there and so much of it deserves attention, you know. And I think it's people like you that sort of devote, you know, themselves to, to, uh, enlightening people on certain things that are going on. That's really cool with the scene. Yeah. It's fantastic stuff. Thank you. So, um, when did you get started with that? Like, when did you decide that you were going to like actually sort of center on the music scene? You know? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'll, I'll go into my whole origin story. Okay, for you. cool. Yeah. <laughs> superhero origin story. Yeah. Oh, I'm a superhero. I'll have to get a cape. Yeah. So, actually, I think I do have a cape, but yeah. it's a children's cape, so it doesn't really fit me. Oh, it's whatever. It was, a cape's a cape. Yeah, you know, it was like $20 on Groupon, and I was like, yeah, I totally want a cape. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something you can get on Groupon. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So I'm originally from Michigan, and okay. I moved here to Seattle in April of 2017 for uh, my first like real big girl job out, out of college okay. and I worked there for like two months and I had some harassment issues and just more or less realized that the corporate world was like not for me and quit and started working at a temp job and that was when I started the first like iteration of Dan's Tunes and it was just a blog that I was writing reviews of like national artists and national releases um, 
just as like an outlet for my creativity. Okay, cool. And then that was in September of 2017. And then in, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the more that I, you know, tried to get back into the corporate world and I was having like a whole quarter life crisis and being like, oh, I need insurance benefits and I'm an adult now. As you do. Yeah. As you do. The quarter life crisis is real. Like People make fun of it, but it's very real. It's so That's why people make fun of it, because they don't want to have yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. Because everyone's affected by it. Yeah. It's like, oh, here you just go from, you know, being a child and having your parents help you and, like, all of these things to, like, whoop, you're oh a real God. person now, yeah. and it's what, hard. What is money? Yeah, right? I know. What's a house? <laughs> Who's heard of that? Right. Like, oh, yeah, I remember all these bills that your parents would always get in the mail, and you're like, oh, my God, getting mail is so fun. And they're like, no, it's not. And they're yeah. like, hmm, no. Yeah. Whoever learns that in school? Like, right? seriously. Oh, my God. Don't Whoever get... actually gets the opportunity to learn that in school, that's a lucky individual. Don't even get me started on the American school system. Know, it's so it's, stupid. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole. It's so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I basically just decided that I didn't need to do the corporate thing anymore. And then in June of 2018, so it's only been, like, nine months or so, uh, that's when I turned Dance Tunes into the actual, like, music journalism website that you see now. Excellent. Um, rebranded it, focused more in on the social or the social scene, the Seattle scene. I was doing a little bit of that beforehand, but it wasn't quite as focused. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what did you grow up listening to? Like, what What got you sort of interested in music? That's, I feel like that's two different questions for it, me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up listening to Top 40 because I grew nice. up in a suburb of Detroit, a very sheltered suburb of Detroit, okay. um, where there wasn't a downtown. All of the surrounding cities had, like, downtowns. Okay. But we had uh, Somerset Mall which uh, apparently is like a famous mall that people go to. Of course. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And there was nothing to do. And it was very like, there was little room for individuality, I guess oh, yeah. is how I would put I it. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's sort of around the time that mall punk started becoming a thing. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like Good Charlotte and all that. Yes, you know? yes. Hot Topic was starting to become a thing. Yes. That is amazing that that is a whole culture that is almost like, it's not non-existent, but like, all the way up to the late MySpace days, like the scene kid <laughs> thing, like who goes to malls anymore? Right. You know? Right. They were around for maybe 20 years, 20, 25 at the most. And then I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when, uh, when, Mon- when Modest Mouse were singing about like the lonesome crowded West and how all these malls were starting to pop up around, mm. like that was like what the late eighties. Yeah. I and now right. here we are and they're yeah, all yeah. almost deserted. Right. You know? Yes. Mission accomplished, I guess. <laughs> it's like a young adult like horror novel where you just go into the mall and it's abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> and like clowns pop up. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, I'd watch it. I wouldn't watch it, actually. <laughs> yeah, Who knows? No, Depends I'm, on who's directing it. I'm a weenie. Yeah. I, I don't watch horror films. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. We're in a golden age up here. People keep telling me we're in a golden age yeah? of horror filmmaking. Okay. Yeah. A24 and all that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, I still like My Conjuring. I okay. had a whole boyfriend who liked... Uh, VHS and uh, all the straight to Netflix. Mm. Uh, the worst movies. They're the worst movies. Can we just say that for a second? Like, <laughs> bad horror is among the worst type of movie I think that's ever. That's very true. And that's just that's a that's an what do they call that a tautology or something like that? Something that's just like true because it's true. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard that before, but I like it. I could be misusing that completely, <laughs> but yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah. So you grew up like around like listening to Top 40, like that was during your childhood or whatever? Yeah, that was, I would say, all the way up until college, like okay, until cool. I kind of left my hometown. Um, and I mean, when I left, I didn't go far. I went to University of Michigan, which is like, which yeah, is in Ann Arbor. Same state. It's about, yeah, it was like a 45 minute drive from my hometown. <laughs> so it, as you do, <laughs> as it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I still definitely, like it took me a while to branch out then too, but college really helped me understand that there were, you know, other views in the world, like let alone just in music, but it was like, you know, helped me branch out like it does for every sheltered 18 year old this is the this is the argument for college still it's like there's really two reasons why you go to college to get an education and now it's not even really that as important as it used to be and to broaden like most most kids who end up going to college i would assume come from circumstances that like make them less open to diversity like you know they grow up in more cloistered environments and college is at the very least baby steps towards you know, right. enlightening yourself and and, and yeah. enveloping yourself in more cultures, like opening your eyes. Yeah. I know that's what college did for me. Like, I got a psych degree and I don't use it. So. I got an English degree and I don't hey! use it. Hey! All right, welcome. <laughs> yeah. No, it was really interesting though because yeah, in my hometown we were always kind of like touting this diversity. Like, I would say it was probably like a thirty, like a one third split more or less between like white people, Asians and um, Indians in your hometown and in my hometown. So they're always like, oh, it's like so diverse. But, you know, there was like no African-Americans of and like, you know, whatever, how many other ethnic groups are there? Exactly. And within just, you know, like that quote unquote diversity, like there wasn't really like individual diversity, you know, like we were all like, oh, like, let's take all the AP classes we can. Of course, yeah. Let's, you know, all go to Hollister. Yeah. And like, you know. <laughs> what else do people do? <laughs> right. In like suburban America. Yeah. Uh, so. Man, I feel that. I mean, you know, it's, it's I, I'm glad of where I grew up. Like it was a safe place. I feel like I got a good education. I had a lot of opportunities that other people don't have. And I'm thankful for that. But it was definitely, um, I never felt like I could, yeah, like explore. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, I'm sort of the same way. Like I grew up in a predominantly white area yeah. when I got to college. Again, it was one of those things where it's like, it's so diverse, but it was essentially like yeah. the same thing, you know, right. like yeah. uh, when I remember moving here to Federal Way, like I got here and you would get on a bus and it was like an even pie chart towards everything. Yeah. Like it was so cool. Yeah. You know, so I, that that's a, that's a great facet of it, you know. So yeah, it's like one of those things where... It is the stuff that you listen to can really be influenced by your circumstances and like mm-hmm. just the culture around where you are. Yeah. You know, I can imagine absolutely yeah. just sort of thinking the top 40 is like just what's there. Yeah, you know, exactly. I I mean, as silly as it sounds now, because I definitely don't believe this now. But yeah, I really wasn't aware that there were that many other things. And then, you know, I went to college and I saw like the college bands and that was kind of when I was like, oh, wait. Like, there's more than just these little college bands, too? Yeah. Like, wow! <laughs> Do you remember a specific, like, was it a concert or an album that you listened to that sort of, like, really started to open your eyes a little bit? Was it any specific, huh. like, artist? Anything that comes to mind? I want to say City in Color. City in Color. But they're not even that obscure. <laughs> I haven't heard of them also. Okay. Does that color with a U? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just one guy. It's uh, His name's Dallas Green, but he calls his band City in Color. But um, he's very, like, um, just kind of singer-songwriter, like, f- indie rock folk, nice. I guess. Um, similar to, like, 
iron and wine almost. Okay, and this like was around bear. what time? Like around early college. Early college. I would so this say. would be like 2010, maybe late 2000s. Uh, no, I graduated high school in 2012. Oh, okay. So, I so this was late college mid 2010s. Yeah, so I would say yeah, like 2013, 2014. That, that's actually a prime. If you think about it, that's a prime. Uh, breeding ground for indie folk you know bon Iver, yeah. bon Iver came out with the self-titled and all of a sudden yeah, all the yeah, doors yeah. were open yeah you know? exactly and not not yeah. to say that that was the album that sort of propelled it but it did popularize it a lot yeah no i'm totally know? with you so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i well actually in high school i worked at a yoga studio and i think i wasn't listening to a lot of the stuff that people were playing because a lot of the yoga teachers would play their own music or like even students would like bring in music to share it with their yoga teachers and right. they share it with me too i was just receptionist <laughs> but um they would like share music with me too and i feel like that was when i heard of bony bear first and i was mm -hmm. like oh wow. wow but i wasn't like diving into it yet you know i was like yeah still surface level oh of course <laughs> what's he doing now you think oh bony i don't know bear. i got no clue cool did you listen to his newest album the one that came out in like 2015 oh. it was 2016 I don't know. I listen to so much music. It's so hard to keep track yeah, of what man. I listen to. If you haven't listened to it, it yeah. is weird. It's okay. a weird album, but it's not weird enough. Okay. I guess you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It's cool. Okay. It's it's cool. I would recommend it. Okay. You know? I'll check it out. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Um, okay. So, City in Color, like like indie folk rock. Uh, anything yeah. else specifically? Like, I'm just sort of... There just seems to be so much out there. that like Was this like yeah. local college bands or were they like actual music just from other parts of the, the country that maybe sort of um, was catching your attention yeah i would say it was just a lot of stuff from other parts of the country even like i remember i had this one boyfriend in college and he really liked classic rock and i feel like mm -hmm. even that really helped me broaden my horizons because i was so used to being like oh my god this song's three months old mm -hmm. like i don't want to listen to it anymore <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> you know so even yeah. like you know kind of taking a step back and being like oh like acdc and like yeah. led zeppelin and all of these really great older bands who have so influenced everything that's come after yeah. that was really helpful for me yeah as an aside uh do you think that is what is happening to most people when they're apparently listening to Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. <laughs> Have you seen these videos? No. I mean, this is old news now, but it's like, you know how they'll do like the people react videos on YouTube and it'll be yeah, like yeah, react yeah. for a certain thing. Yeah. There's this group of people that were like reacting to Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. And they're oh. like, oh, oh my God, this song, what's go? Oh my God, it's doing something else. What is this? And it's like, I can't tell if they're being like serious or whatnot. Cause that certainly was right. not my reaction to listening to Bohemian Rhapsody right. for the first time. It's like, oh, it's a cool song. That, yeah, Man, yeah. I got no clue. Yeah. Did you know, and this is real, as of now, Bohemian Rhapsody is the most streamed song of the entire 20th century. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, I'm glad to hear that. That and movie. That it's not. That movie did so well. Okay, I did not see it. But I did I not see to. it either. That's what I've heard. So <laughs> okay. here are two things I've heard about the movie. Okay. It's right. extraordinarily entertaining. Okay. And there's a lot of stuff about Queen's history that they make up. Oh, Yeah, it's not historically accurate. Huh. That is what okay. I've heard. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a bit where... So the climactic ending scene is at Live Aid, you know, their famous Live Aid performance yeah. in 1985. And in the context of the movie, they break up and then they're reunited on stage. You know, oh, when it didn't actually happen, they right. just basically played another show. Interesting. Uh, and they try to, they try to like wash um, Freddie Mercury's like bisexual past out of it as well. Like mm -hmm. he's not really treated, it's not really treated with like 
I don't know. Brian Singer directed it, so okay. and he's a whole other can of worms completely. Okay. But like, um, he sort of wanted to, I guess, tone it down and give it a PG thirteen rating, which also mm. sort of raises the question about like, God, oh, how does how do gay relationships and and, and LGBT culture mesh with that? that? But that's a whole yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I've heard that. I mean, there's a reason why so many people watched it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's an entertaining film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things. Oh yeah. We watched. We, Alex and I, my partner and I, went to a movie and we were going to see Bohemian Rhapsody, but I think it was like, no, it had to have been before the snow, but it was like raining or like really crappy out or something. We were like, we don't want to go all the way to the theater and there's a theater like right by our house and Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't playing there anymore. Uh, so we saw Vice, which was still Yeah, Vice solid. was good, right? It was um, very strange, yeah. but I did enjoy it. I can't remember what that movie was about. Was it like a crime thriller? It was or? the Dick Cheney one. Oh, I forget who dick cheney uh oh what's his name uh christian bale christian oh wasn't okay. it christian bale i think it was christian bale maybe if we're wrong leave a comment yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yell at us on twitter or whatever <laughs> and then sam rockwell was bush i want to say okay yeah that also makes sense yeah it was really interesting because it was the guy who the director was i forget his name but he did uh talladega nights i think adam mckay yes um because he also yes. did the big short he's like on this weird kick now where he's yeah. doing um where he's doing, uh, like, on, like, documentary films a little mm, bit. Yeah. Like, because uh, Big Short, if you haven't seen it. Have you seen The Big Short? No, I haven't. Great film. Okay. It's an entertaining film. It's about, like, uh, it's about, it's a, essentially it's him explaining to the layman how the recession of 2008 happened. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it stars Bill Murray and uh, some, I mean, Amazing. Bill Murray, I'm Steve Carell. I'm so sorry. Oh. I don't know why I got those two confused. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> it's him and some other people, and uh, it's a great film. Like, it's super entertaining. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, let's get things back on track. Um, so you have this website, yes. right? And you write articles. Is it just you, or do you have a team? No, I have a team of over forty, actually. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. I know it's really exciting. Not most people don't know that. We get a lot of comments, and especially since my name's Dan, a lot of people think I'm. Uh, mail and they'll just like message me and be like hey like we love your writing man and I'm like oh cool God. great I didn't write this article and I'm also not a man but I love you thanks for your support <laughs> <laughs> I can see that be confusing yeah no. no it's definitely confusing it's just funny to me because like there's you know up like a picture of me on the website so yeah like... right it's like if you do your research <laughs> like, yeah seriously but it's totally fine I don't care when people think I'm a man it's fine yeah so how many so you have 40 people 40 people writing or is it uh, I have a team of I'm, I honestly add like two to three people every week usually. I just like constantly recruit um, because the site's not monetized yet. So it's all volunteer. Ah, I see. So, um, you know, some people like fall off or just depending on their schedules. I have a lot of college students. So like, you know, they're more active at certain times, less active like during midterms and finals and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm constantly adding. I think I have, yeah, like 42 or 43 right now. Um, and it's just a general staff list. So it's photographers, writers. Uh, we have a couple of videographers. Wow. Mostly photographers, I would say. That's crazy. But yeah, it's really exciting. I you really get the ball rolling. I was about to say, yeah. like, when you're if you, you were talking about doing all of these, because you do video, do you do video reviews or is it? We just did our first one today. Wow. I just pub well, we filmed it a couple days ago, but I published it today. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Who's it on? Yeah, it's, sneak peek. Yeah, it's guest directors dream the currents EP. Cool. They're like a shoegaze. Nice. Sounds up my alley. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the reviewer really liked it. I think it's a well-done album. If I'm going to be honest, it's not like what I personally like to listen to, but it's definitely well done. But that's perfect. Yeah. And that, that I think, is the key 
that's the key quality for a reviewer. Like yes. they call they talk about reviewers tilt and whatnot, but like anyone who's reviewing a not critiquing, but like at least reviewing a piece of music or whatever, like needs to be able to see this is a well done whatever exactly. it is like and if it's not something that they personally right. want to listen to, like that can sort of have its own hand, you know, but exactly. for the most part it an objective review is sort of what's necessary. So it's yes. good it's good that people have that quality. Like Yeah. I totally agree. I actually was just teaching a new writer that I brought on that same lesson because she wrote this review um, that's not published yet that was pretty harsh. And I was, you know, telling her, I was like, you know, all these points are totally valid, but like you need to flesh it out a little more and make it a little more neutral so that you can say like, hey, like this is a specific reason that I don't think this is well done. And like one of her reasons was like these beats are really heavy and like it kind of exactly. covers up the vocal. But like if someone likes really heavy beats, then they can take that information and be like, okay, like this reviewer doesn't like this part, but like I'm all about those beats. Exactly. So I'm going to love it. Yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, really. exactly. I mean, that's, that, that is what it comes down to. Someone was describing to me. There's a difference between here's what I didn't like versus here's what should have been done. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And that's the key difference. Yes. Like if there is something that sort of can be critiqued, like it should be up to like that personal opinion, you know what, yeah. or if it's, or if it's something that is serious, you know, like, yeah. you know, right. bring it up. But I mean, I can imagine most of the stuff that you cover is stuff that you support and that like, like actively yeah. want to sort of get out. Yeah. It's definitely, especially because we're fairly new, it's been a kind of wishy-washy line for me to figure that out because obviously I definitely want to be supportive of like everyone that I can in the local scene but there is also that challenge of making sure that I'm not promoting stuff that I don't think is really up to snuff yeah so we exactly. we really haven't had that much of that luckily most of the musicians that produce here are really really talented and most of the time the problems with um tracks or albums that are submitted are more or less just like production things that are just unsolvable because you know like nobody's got any money in this city so exactly when yeah. that stuff happens i'm like you know what you did your best this is uh, awesome yeah. like good for you exactly <laughs> it's like that and that that is the thing too like a lot of underground acts yeah. it, it's getting cheaper and cheaper to put out an album that is production wise up to snuff but right. still it's like that that just means that whoever is actually putting out like major label albums or like things that are supposed to be compared, like just have that much more money right. to like put into a stellar work. And so the bar gets right. continually raised, Exactly. you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to an album that, that um, was done by one of my friends or was in the local scene where I really like the stuff. I can, I can tell that production wise, there were just things that, that right. just can't get covered, you know, like a drum right. sound or whatnot. Exactly. So you just sort of have to take it to heart. Exactly. You know? like that, that is yeah. the thing about listening to, local music right you know yeah. is that it's never truly perfect yeah you know that's what makes it kind of cool yeah yeah, yeah. and know? i think you have to consider like you know exactly like the context in which something was made and why it was made and yeah understand that this is not like as we were talking about off mic like ariana grande's new album like it doesn't <laughs> need to be mixed and mastered perfectly it, it needs doesn't. to have heart and it needs to like represent what that artist is going for absolutely yeah. but you know that's never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and that's, that is really the thing. It's like a lot of pop albums like that specifically, you yeah. know, the artist can put as much 
of heart and soul as they possibly can muster. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's still a pop album and it's still got to sell. Right. And that's what sucks. Yeah. Like the music industry gets in the way of that, like the fact yeah. that, that it needs to sell. Right. You know? So that's why anytime I listen to a pop album, like regardless of the context or whatnot, I always end up a little bit skeptical. I'm like, well, mm. you know. I mean, especially, I, I did a review of Ariana Grande's album. It's hard to say fast. <laughs> and, Ariana Grande. Uh, Ariana Grande. <laughs> I really liked it. I don't think it was as good as a lot of critics said it was, mm. you know, but yeah. it might've been grading on the curve, you know, right. when an artist tries something new, like, right. and also in context, she's had a hard year, you know? Oh like, yeah. yeah. That she's girl's been a, through a she's lot. She's been through the ringer. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, she's had a hard two years. Right? With the Wasn't the Vegas shooting? Oh or, yes, or, that's no, right. No, she wasn't in Vegas. She was in Manchester. Something like, yeah, the Manchester yeah. shooting. Yeah. yeah but she put out, was... was that Sweetener? Like, did she, was Sweetener part Ooh, of that? I don't know. Because I think, because Sweetener came out the year before, I think. So I, I'm actually not sure. She might have been touring on it. Okay. I'm not sure. But that I'm would make sure sense. Either. You know. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it is the context that mes- meshes into it. Right. You know. Yeah. And for the most part, like, yeah, she's she's definitely projecting, like, an honesty in her circumstances that makes, yeah. that it definitely sort of, you, you sort of do need to have that context to have that particular album propel itself into a higher echelon yeah you know and yeah, there's some interesting things going on but by and large it is a pop album so. right yeah and there's nothing wrong with that like pop serves its purpose and you know when i go to a party i'm not gonna put on like you know black flag i'm gonna put exactly, on ariana yeah. Grande. unless it's that type of party well right yeah <laughs> oh my god and even then yeah yeah um so music journalism specifically like yeah you told me that you uh, graduated with an English degree. That makes yes. a lot of sense. Did you read any music journalism before you started getting into music journalism? Like, was there anything that, like, was there a particular publication or anything that specifically inspired you to yeah. sort of get into it? Well, I do definitely describe my website to people who don't really understand what music journal- journalism is as, like, a miniature version of Rolling Stone. Okay. You'd be surprised. A lot of people, I'm like, I run a music journalism website. And they're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's journalism about music yeah you know that (laughs) is a key thing it's like what else would it possibly be right yeah like you know journalism in song form i don't know but that's the thing like (laughs) some people's idea of music literally is that they just it's like well also a lot of the people that's why top 40 is famous right Right. or like it's well known top 40 is essentially for people who don't listen to music oh like it's there for sure you know yeah it's just there to be like inoffensive and catchy yeah and you know again that's fine like we all need music in department stores that no one's gonna get upset over pretty much so like that's fine (laughs) yeah Um, exactly but yeah um yeah so i mean i love i love rolling stone i mean obviously they have their issues too like mm -hmm. pitchfork is great um rolling stone the interesting thing is they've been around since what I actually don't know when it was born. It was like around like the late, the mid '60s, right? Because they were named after the Bob Dylan song. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know the exact year either. It was like I probably the early '60s. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Don't take me up on that. You know, I'm, not the world's I'm greatest really not historian. good at history. I would love to be better at history. Yeah. <laughs> but I am oh, it's not. fascinating stuff. Yeah. But then they've been around forever, and like they're still pretty great but yeah. i think they're less they're definitely less relevant than a lot of other publications around like i agree you can absolutely see their top 10 like yeah. i remember in 20 i forget the year it was like 2015 2015 there were all these amazing albums came that came out or was it 2013 i forget and they put bruce springsteen's wrecking ball as number one mm. and i was like all right well hold on a second wait <laughs> you know this guy's been around for 
40 years. (laughs) There is no way that he is playing some of the best music in the entire country right right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's just, it's the wheelhouse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. They've definitely, they're definitely not as good as they were when they started. But I mean, who is? Like, whatever. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the reason that I started music journalism was really because, well, my whole childhood, literally until probably the day after I graduated college, and it was like, you're an adult, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be, like, a pop singer. Like, I, I would tell people I wanted to be Katy Perry. And then there would be people who'd be like, oh my god no you should be yourself and i'd be like whoa okay wait calm a down second. like <laughs> calm down with the read thank you yeah exactly really don't appreciate you dragging me through the sand <laughs> yeah and i'd be like okay no like i do want to be myself i just i would say like oh i want to be like you know a singer like on the radio or like whatever it was and people would be like oh like so you want to be like a disc jockey i'd be like no i want to like sing. tour and sing and yeah. like you know and i guess i could have just said like pop star but i feel like even then people would be like what yeah um <laughs> So yeah, and then you know I've always loved writing. Like I wrote my I wrote my first song when I was eight years old. Um, I you know was on the school newspaper all through college and high school, and then obviously like now. So it was more just born out of this realization where I became an adult, and I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to be Katy Perry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what? whoa. Yeah, especially because at that point I think Katy Perry was not having an easy time. <laughs> I still love her. I still love Katy Perry so much. Yeah, she's great. I also American Idol is like my number one favorite show of all time. Oh, cool. I have an American Idol tattoo. Like I've auditioned <laughs> four times. Oh, really? It, yeah, it really. It taught me a lot about myself, honestly, and I'm really. I can imagine. Grateful. Yeah, she, she's on the guest. Yeah, she, I haven't watched she's a judge a now. Time. Yeah, for the for the reboot, she's a judge. Cool. And she's... Honestly, I think we're really similar after watching nice. her on it. So I just... I love her. Good to know. But yeah, she's great. Dude. Um, but yeah, so I had this realization where I was like, you know, I, I've always loved writing. And I really... Like, I love music. And it helped me through a lot when I was younger. Um, and it still does. But I just realized that it wasn't what I actually wanted to do with my career. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still a big part of my life, but it wasn't the main focus. So... It's good that you came to that realization earlier on. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I think think a lot of people, like, do sort of, like, get that idealistic. You know, these are, like, the late bloomer types. Like me, for example. Like, people who just sort of didn't get a chance to explore themselves until they become adult, and they're like, oh, I can do anything. I'm going to try music. Right, right, right. And then a lot of the times, it doesn't work out, at least to the degree that they would want it to. Right. And so... They're like, oh, what? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. were you in any bands? Yeah. Like, did you ever try doing at least the music thing when you were you in know, high school? You know, that's or? the thing. And that was what made me realize that I don't think I was meant to be, like, a quote-unquote musician necessarily. Um, because I always, like, wanted to, but I never... I don't think it was authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think I wanted it to be authentic, but it just wasn't. And that's why I could never really, like, take that step. So, like, yeah. I did theater... Um, I did a lot of like, you know, like Broadway and like acting camps and stuff when I was younger, but no, I could never really like take that step forward and be like, Hey, like you're the bass player, you're the drummer, I'm the vocalist, like let's do this, you know? That is its own process really. Oh yeah, for sure. And some people do, do latch onto it more than others. You know, some people are natural born frontmen and some people are like accompaniment that's just like how they are, like people in the band right. supporting roles right, you know right. yeah and it is sort of it is 
it's a it's a weird head science i think that's yeah. you can learn it but it also you sort of have to be that type of person that can right. just sort of get into it yeah you know? i understand that absolutely completely yeah yeah, yeah. well you're in a band i am <laughs> <laughs> well technically you know, okay. my my drummer is in tallahassee right now right. so we're yeah, yeah. sort of we have some recordings that we're sitting on that okay. we don't know whether or not we're gonna put them out or not i'm that actually playing fun. a show tomorrow oh i just remembered <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll see how that goes i'm not playing for two and a half months yeah, but it's understandable. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm yeah, and I'm at a point now where I feel like I have my life trajectory, or at least where I want it to go, figured out for the most part with dance tunes and everything. So I've been trying to play guitar and or piano since I was literally like twelve years old. Okay. And have never been able to put in the work and again I think it was because I was still like oh I want to want to do this but like I'm not quite there like I haven't quite figured myself out yet you know and like now for the past month or so I've been playing guitar like really consistently and I'm still definitely not good but (laughs) you know I'm actually like working on it and I mean maybe I'll be in a band who knows like maybe that'll be my side thing but could be cool I really wanted to learn so that I could just have more insight into writing reviews and like talking about bands because you know I can listen to something and tell if it's authentic or tell like you know if the guitar part is very complicated or whatever it is but I don't really have that authority of being like I play guitar and like I know exactly what this person is doing yeah. and how hard it is. Yeah. So I'm really trying to work on that and get there, and I'm excited. Need the nitty gritty. Yeah, like, exactly. To be right in the middle of it. Right. That's also really yeah. a crucial component of somebody who's who's doing the journalism thing. You exactly. know, like being yeah. able to tell. You gotta see where how the sausage is made. Exactly. You know. Yeah, really. yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. And literally, <laughs> sometimes it's not pretty. You know. Oh my god. Depends on what you put in the sausage. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, if it's jazz. A little jazz sausage sounds tasty. Fried yeah. up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, With yeah. your eggs, with your R&B eggs. <laughs> maybe some, uh, maybe some rock bacon. I'm yeah, not sure this is I'm all about the bacon. Yeah. So bacon's great. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I, I grew up Jewish, so I like didn't have bacon for a lot of my life. And then but I, that train has sailed. I was like, Whoa. Yeah, I'm totally not religious at all anymore. I did definitely have a bat mitzvah, though. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine that being pretty enjoyable. It was, you know, it was a really good experience. <laughs> like, I feel like I don't like saying that because I'm not religious. But it was, it was a it really happened. good experience. But it happened. Yeah, it know? did. Yeah, it was, it was cool to be... I think what it is, is, you know, at 13 years old this religion like takes you and they're like okay you get to be the leader for a day and i think that's a really cool experience that is cool to sort of put you in that position where you can be like all right here you are you're king exactly yeah you know yeah like i've personally never gone through that myself because i grew up christian (laughs) but you know yeah but i i've never actually even been to a mitzvah before it's pretty cool right it depends yeah i mean I think the stereotypical, like, bar or bat mitzvah is very cool, but it's also because they're usually, like, very fancy, like, Yeah, they put a lot events. into it. Yeah, they're, like, almost, like, wedding. It's a little like a wedding for one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, I definitely had a fun time. Like, I had a party, but I grew up with a single mom. Like, we weren't, like, spending, like, thousands of dollars on my bat mitzvah, which, like, I really didn't need. So, yeah. like, it's fine. Pretty much. But, like, yeah, some of my other, like, cousins and stuff, we went to there. Cool. their parties and they were like over the top and i was oh like whoa that's it like, yeah <laughs> i had some balloons and some disposable cameras like, <laughs> how now hold over it's like 11 or 12 right or something like that like 13 it's 13 14, 13 yeah. oh my god that's a lot 
like a sweet 13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's actually what my mom told me. She was like, okay, we threw your party for your bat mitzvah. So like, you can't have a sweet 16. Oh my God. What? <laughs> it's I like mean, when you're 13, fine. when you're 13, you are sort of on the conch, the, the cusp of like collective consciousness, just like right. sort of thinking like, oh my God, I'm a human and here I am. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that sort of sucks that you're just like, well, all right, well, I guess this happened and now... Yeah, well, they she took uh, me and my best friend at the time to the melting pot, and we had like a nice dinner oh, cool. for my sixteenth birthday. Where so. is what is the melting pot? It's a fondue chain. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know if they have any out here. They definitely have a couple in Michigan, except the one they had one in Ann Arbor, in Ann Arbor, where I went to school, and I think that one closed. Oh. But, um, you know, I'm from the land of a chain don't. restaurants. Fondant. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I want to get that on a shirt. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's a new slogan for your podcast, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Just fondant. It's a fondant. <laughs> I'll put it up. It'll change every day. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Put in the extra work. Yeah. It makes sense that there's a fondue place in Michigan, too. It's like the Midwest, right? Yeah, I always yeah. know Wisconsin for cheese, but my family actually grew up in Wisconsin. Oh, so okay. Knew a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. You know. My favorite story from Wisconsin is when I moved here I drove cross-country and we stopped in Wisconsin my friends and I did um, a beer tour where we would stop in every state and get a six-pack of locally brewed beer and it was really fun I'm allergic to gluten now so I can't drink beer anymore but I used to work at a microbrew and it was fucking awesome nice um but in Wisconsin we stopped and I we were just like at a gas station and I grabbed a six-pack and I went up to the counter and you know to pay for it and stealing's bad of course yeah mostly Um, and they were like okay great like is this all for you today and I was like yeah you know I'm just at a gas station they were like would you like to add cheese curds to your order and I was like no that is a very specific addition you are pushing (laughs) right well like that's what happens in Wisconsin that's true complimentary cheese curds well they weren't complimentary I was gonna have to pay for them um cash on demand cheese curds yeah there we go or yeah yeah these cheese curds were forced upon you by a marketing transaction yes I mean, oh I'm God. sure they were delicious. I did not buy them because I'm also allergic to dairy. Oh, my God. What I an know, existence. It's yeah. No, it's not that hard anymore. Yeah. That's well, the thing. Living in Seattle, it's not. Yeah. Like, living in Michigan, it was, it was much awful. harder. And I was also vegetarian for, like, eight years in Michigan just because there was no good quality meat. Like, I'm all for survival of the fittest, but, like, I saw Food, Inc., when I was like 14 or 15 and That'll that movie do it. turned me vegetarian. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, I saw Super Size Me when I was 14 and yep. that movie made me hate Morgan Spurlock, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't make me anything else. That's great. Oh my God. Well, that sucks. I mean, just learn a lot of Asian cooking really is what it comes down to. Cause that's like yeah. mostly, yeah, yeah. mostly rice, right? Well, here's the kicker. Oh, I'm boy. also allergic to rice. Oh my I God. Know. So I had a bunch. Stir fry. I Vegetable know. stir fry, man. That's still so good though. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, I had a bunch of traumatic events my senior year of college, like let alone the whole quarter life crisis thing. That's the and worst time to have them is in college. That's of... not actually the worst time to have them in college. I'm going to retract that statement. <laughs> there are several bad times you can have in college. That's what college is there for. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Col- college is a lot of ups and downs, but I, I college was a very good time. I really enjoyed college. That's good, yeah. as you should. Yeah, right? yeah. You should, if you're paying yeah. that much... Yes. You should enjoy yes. college. Yes. My degree, Unless you're in accounting. Useless. Well, of course. The experience. Well, actually, not really, because you are doing journalism now. That's true. But my degree isn't even technically in journalism. That's true. U of M doesn't have a journalism major. 
which is very strange. So they do have their newspaper, which is like nationally recognized. And like a lot of the people that I worked with there work at like Forbes and the New York Times now, which is Whoops. really dope. Forbes. 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 Yeah. Forbes. Um. Like <laughs> that makes sense. That does make sense. Forbes. Forbes. They just made it pretentious and fancy. Forbes. I thought it was someone's last name, but maybe it's not. It's possible. <laughs> Egbert Forbes. Egbert, yes. Yeah. Because of course he would be named Egbert. I mean, that's Do you a know great anyone name. named Egbert? No. We're getting real off track here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is something that you yourself, dear listener, should ask about yourself in your daily life. You Do you know, know anybody named, named Egbert? Egbert? If so, uh, send them know. a Facebook message. Because that's the only way you can keep track of it is if they're on your Facebook or Instagram. I don't know what the kids know, are doing so nowadays. Real. The Snapchat. Modern day. Yeah. No address books. Yeah. Speaking of which, you've got social media for Dan's Tunes, we right? We do. Like, yeah, it's at Dan's Tunes Seattle on Facebook and Instagram. Do you have a Twitter? We don't have a Twitter. Good job. Okay, thanks. <laughs> good God, you are... That's such a good idea. Like, is it? Staying off of Twitter. I mean, yeah, Twitter is good for journalism in a sense because you yeah. can flood people's feeds with, like, yeah. stuff. And, you know, actually, it's not the worst idea now that I think about it. But, like, Twitter is just... Awful. I got really overwhelmed with Twitter and had to stop using it personally, but I will say I don't really use any of my personal social media. Like, I don't use my personal Instagram at all. Mm -hmm. I just go on the Dance Tunes ones, um, or one, but... I mean, I'm also doing all the social media myself, so yeah. I don't really have time for Twitter. Exactly. We have yeah. a LinkedIn. I don't know who has time for Twitter. Because I follow, like, yeah. I don't know, I follow, like, maybe 80 people. Okay. And already my feed is just so clogged with yep. stuff. Yep. Like, I would have to sit there for, like, an hour and weed yep. through it. Like, if I wanted to give each tweet attention, I guess that's what they're there for. Yeah. It's just passing I was, attention. I was listening yeah. to somebody talk about Twitter. I want to say it was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. Um... But they were saying that, like, Twitter now, the way I understood it, is almost like Reddit, like, real-time Reddit now. Because they have, like, you know, you know, whatever Twitter, like, I don't know, like, food Twitter and, like, mm-hmm. sports Twitter mm-hmm. and basketball Twitter and, like, whatever it is. And there's just all these different sects. <laughs> it's sort of amazing that, to me, that just says something about how fa- far Reddit has fallen <laughs> a little bit. Because I yeah. remember when I used to use it, I, like, my friend James from college, I yeah. love this guy, like... But I hate the fact that he introduced me to Reddit because I'm okay. still browsing it. Okay. <laughs> like how many years later? And to see it go from a, a platform that was like, we're never gonna put ads on again to being like oh, promoted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every single few. It's just like yeah. Twitter now. Right. It, in fact, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I have to tear myself away from it. But every time yeah. I get a free like a free time and I I go to the internet on my phone, I can immediately feel myself typing R E D, put it in. <laughs> so stupid. I don't even have it as an app on my phone, but it's still, yeah. God, that is poison. <laughs> it's opium. That's like me and Candy Crush. I like go to open Candy Crush. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no candy. People are like, what level are you on? And I'm like, like a thousand six hundred. Yeah. And they're like, good job. And I'm like, no, <laughs> bad job. Bad job. <laughs> I, I, bad it was job. a crush. I thought it was just a crush on Candy Crush, but it turns out it was an infatuation. I stopped playing for a while because I got so fed up with it because I couldn't pass a level. And then, like, one day I just picked it back up, like, literally, like, six months to a no. year later, and now I'm hooked again. And no. I'm like, no, why would you do that? I was so bored. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> That's what it's there for. But, I like, know, no. man, no, I'm in that I'm in that web. Yeah. All right, so we're pretty much, we're almost out of time. Um, <laughs> uh, but we covered a lot of ground. Uh, We've we've already sung your praises about the fact that you are uh, soldiering on in the in the world of local music journalism. Uh, one more thing, you said that a lot of the people that are working for you is like volunteer, like it's non monetized. Yes. Which 
you know, it's nice to be able to pay be paid for what you're doing, but yes. volunteer music journalism is at its essence a lot purer because it's not it's not provoked yeah. by anything. Yeah. You know, like the moment you start making money, you run the risk of being influenced by outside factors. Yeah. You know, like every time I see the word condonast on a on a specific publication, <laughs> we're just like, oh boy. Yeah. It's just like it's yeah. it's not maybe the fact that they're that people have some sort of agenda that they're writing about or if they're pushing certain bands over others for some monetary influence, I'm not sure. Right. But you can never tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's it's killer. People knowing that it's non monetized at the moment, I guess. Right. You know, it's like that's important because it's coming from a source of purity. Like, yeah. You legitimately sure. like this stuff. Yeah. It's very grassroots. Like I try to get in front of bands and actually like talk to them and meet them as often as I can. Like, I mean, just due to like time constraints, I spend more of my time editing than actually like going to shows and writing. Um, but like I, yeah, I try to get out there and, like, talk to bands, and, I mean, I will say, yes, like, I agree that there is definitely value to, like, volunteer and not being monetized, and, like, yes, I find this super fun, like, people are like, what are you doing in your free time, and I'm like, work, but, like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God, that's great. But my, I do really want to monetize it um, just so I can do it full time, because, yeah. like, I work other jobs because I, you know, can't do this full time, and mm -hmm. I want to be able to... Um, you know, not only like provide a life for myself where I can do this full time, but also pay my staff and, you know, tell pretty, them that I appreciate them pretty much. and that I, I literally wouldn't be able to do this without them. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of them, you know, they still get other things out of it, like portfolio building and networking and all of these things. But yeah. like, I do want to, um, and yeah, but we're still, I also want to emphasize, like, we're still doing it from, you know, local, like ground up. Like I could have already put like Google ads or Amazon ads on the website if I wanted to, but I don't want to. I want yeah. it to be local. I want to promote, you know, like the pet store down the street and like whatever, whoever. Because they deserve it. Exactly. The work and everything. Yeah. That goes into I want it, it to be community. Yeah. So that's so important. Yeah. That's that I think as a final word, that's that is sort of the sticky situation of doing something related to the arts or whatnot mm, yeah. in today's modern culture, you know? especially the environment around here like when the seattle scene was starting to get big in the 90s the the concept of selling out was still a luxury mm. i mean it is a luxury concept like yeah. if you can afford not to sell out you don't and that's like where it is but right. it's like money has the potential to color your actions and whatnot but Definitely. also it's necessary right like and that and that's the that's that's the kicker yeah you know it's you sort of we would love to see people like you getting monetized at, at some point eventually you right. know and have it factor into yes, it please. you know like <laughs> please keep it coming yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but no i i totally agree and i think there's just like especially in this like american capitalist society that we live in people are just like more 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 like i need more money i need more money and i feel like at least, I don't know, I've never been super rich, so maybe if I get super rich one day, I'll change my mind, but at least right yeah, now, I'm maybe. like, you know, like, I would like enough money to, like, pay my rent and be able to, like, go buy food without freaking out about it. That's the dream. But, like, after that, I feel like I'm okay, and yeah. then, you know, you can put that money, like, back into the company, or, like, you know, whatever, a Christmas fun bonus for your staff, or yeah. whatever it is, but, like, we don't all need to be you know, millionaires just trying to like beat everybody else out. Like, again, this is a community, it's a community. and we should all prosper. It's so true. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like whatever, like not, not everyone can be equal because that's just not how life works, but yeah. we should all be given a chance. Exactly. At least. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast, yeah, Dan. I think it's been a great talk. Um, we talked about everything. I can 
not tell you off the top of my head specifically what we talked about. <laughs> um, that's because I have horrible short-term memory. Cool. So. Well, my favorite movie is Finding Dory. So. Oh, cool. hey. Not Finding Nemo? Like, specifically Finding Dory? Finding Nemo is a very close second, but I just love... Actually, here, look, you can look at my shirt. It has Dory on it. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. It literally yeah. says short-term memory loss. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I just, I really identify with Dory a lot, not because of her short-term memory loss, but I just think she's a wonderful, wonderful fish yeah <laughs> and ellen degeneres the movie lost its funding and it was supposed to come out a year earlier than it came out and ellen was just like no i'll just pay for this oh God, so ellen. ellen just paid for it herself ellen. and that's why it came out a year late so I, i've seen it like 20 times it makes me cry every time oh i mean so does finding nemo okay. but like yeah and i just love it and i try to buy all the merchandise that is I'm a like, wonderful you this, that is ellen. a wonderful favorite movie to have yeah i would say it's great oh and ellen of course <laughs> yeah i mean amazing. ellen's great but yeah no it's just it have you seen it no. You should watch it. Dor I know. It's I I want to say more about it, but I won't. Okay. You should, you should watch it and then we'll I won't talk spoil about it. That. Okay. Thank you for not spoiling <laughs> this movie for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the tape deck. Uh, we'll hopefully see you next episode uh, where someone else is going to be on that is not Dan Red. But who knows? Maybe she'll be back on for a second. Woo. Getting more guests. We'll see. <laughs> you guys have a good day. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.